whatever you are desiring, your true, true, authentic self, that's exactly what you will manifest when you're unblocked, expanded, and you're taking true aligned action. That's when you're in the driver's seat. That's when you're actually manifesting for your authentic self, unblocked. From To Be Magnetic, this is the Expanded Podcast with your host, Lacey Phillips. destination for neural manifestation, we dispel the woo-woo in order to help you create real, tangible results based on neuroplasticity, psychology, epigenetics, and energetics. Our goal is to normalize the practice of manifestation and empower you to get into the driver's seat of your life in order to manifest the experiences, relationships, and things that most align with your authenticity. Part of our manifestation process entails expanding past your limiting subconscious beliefs. Therefore, by tuning into this podcast with interviews from experts, thought leaders, spiritual teachers, scientists, and those with neural manifestation success stories, you're starting the process of expanding your subconscious in order to see to believe that anything you desire is possible. And by pressing play, the process begins. Welcome back, everyone, to another expanded episode. Jessica here. I am so excited because we have another deep energetics episode. We had our first how-to episode on why tests mean your manifestation is close. And that episode really breaks down how to navigate tests. So if you have tests coming up, that is the episode you want to go to. We break down step-by-step how to navigate if you are in a test and the steps you need to do to navigate. This episode, we're really diving into how to spot when your inner child is running the show. So many times when our triggers pop up or our tests pop up, they are popping up because we are looking to meet our inner child at that place where it was wounded or where it perceived the world in a way that maybe didn't align with our authenticity. So in this episode, you'll hear how you can really spot when our inner child is leading and when our highest self is not, and how to to reprogram that inner child and tend to that inner child in order to support it in a new way, in order to align with your manifestation. Sometimes our inner child is that subconscious block holding our manifestation away at arm's length. And that may be the piece that is really blocking you from connecting with your manifestation. So there's a lot to take away in this episode. So excited for you guys to dive in. A couple of notes I just wanted to make. So for anyone who listens to the podcast and wants to connect with us further, obviously we have the TBM Instagram and the Expanded Podcast Instagram. But if you're wanting to hear exclusive insights or updates about the podcast and hear first drops that we're going to be doing on the podcast, feel free to connect with us via text. And you can sign up to be on our podcast text chain. Just text 1-213-423-5226. Text the word podcast and you'll be added to our podcast chain. Unfortunately, the texting service is only available in the US, Canada, and Puerto Rico. We are hoping that it expands soon. But for anyone who is in those regions and wants to be a part of our texting chain for the podcast, just text podcast to that number. We'll also have that in the show notes as well. 
And then one other fun update for everyone who heard of the manifestation challenge. We've been talking about it nonstop. We kicked it off back in December and a lot of people have joined and manifested some crazy things, including their dream apartment, dream career, their partner, incredible dates, trips, money, self-worth, the list goes on and on and on. And that was just from the challenge that has kicked off this past December. So we extended it until the end of February and people were begging for us to keep it open a little bit longer. So we're going to honor that request and we are extending the manifestation challenge to be available in the pathway exclusively until the end of March. If you are not yet in the pathway and you are a new member, if you've been on the fence thinking about signing up, know you need to get a workshop that's in there or really need help navigating through any of that content, the month of March will be the lowest rate that you will be able to sign up. As of April, we will be slightly increasing our prices. So make sure to lock in your membership before those prices go up. Again, that is for new members only. Existing members will continue to pay the same rate that they signed up as. So if you are new and are looking to join the pathway, March is the time to do it. I hope you guys enjoy the episode and have a wonderful Friday and weekend or whatever day you are tuning in to this episode. And now a word from our partners. As you continue to hear us talking about and partnering with Blue Blocks, they have a couple of products that have really supported this process for me that are extremely accessible, practical, incredible. One of which that I really want to highlight is the Lumi Lamp Sleep Plus. Everybody in here heard me talk about my manifestation of the Lumi Clip Sleep Plus in prior episodes. I believe I manifested that because for a couple of years now, I've been saying, if only I could find a clippable reading light that is incandescent. Well, even better than incandescent because we know that still has flickering issues and a tiny bit of blue light in it, which is very damaging. And of course, Blue Blocks came out with a Lumi Clip Sleep Plus, and that's the red light that helps induce your melatonin and getting you ready for sleep at night so that you can read. Or if you're anything like myself and Max, we journal our gratitude list every single night together. It's our one practice because he gets home late I'm about to go to sleep where we can really connect and get into that really beautiful space of gratitude. Not a manifestation practice, it's just a spiritual practice as a couple. So I literally clip the Lumi Clip Sleep Plus to my To Be Magnetic journal and I position it in between both of our journals so we can write that out. And what they've launched recently is a step up. It's the Lumi Lamp Sleep Plus. So it's the portable lamp version. So if you're anything like me, I actually place that near me in the bath. If I'm wanting to read or journal at night, you know, I'll usually have a candle going on because I've talked about this a ton, but after dark in our house, it's literally the 17th century. I only have either these Lumi Sleep Plus bulbs, a clip or a lamp, or I have candles burning. I have no blue light emitting anywhere because my hormones are so sensitive. You can listen to prior fertility episodes for that. But the Lumi Lamp Sleep Plus is amazing because you can actually take that around with you and stick it anywhere. So I'll stick it with me next to the bathtub when I'm journaling at night, when I'm just candlelight and I actually need more light to see. Something I love about it too is that Max and I are really manifesting 
a van, the family van, you know, like the Sprinter built out experience. We've been calling it in for quite some time so that we can start to take all of our puppies and hopefully many of our babies anywhere we want across the U.S., whether it's up to the forest house, whether it's through the national parks. Everybody knows I've been manifesting the house back east. You know, that's the way that we would transition the family and the dogs. But I love that I can take this Lumi Lamp Sleep Plus with me or have the Lumi Clip if I want to read at night or that I can deck out the van with the Lumi Sleep Plus bulb. So literally put those inside of any actual built-in lamps. So we'll have those linked below. Those are the products I've been obsessed with lately. So if you want to try anything from Blue Blocks at checkout, use the code all caps magnetic, M-A-G-N-E-T-I-C to receive 15% off. I hope you enjoy them as much as I do. So this conversation surrounding beekeepers natural is a little overdue in the sense, did anybody get hit as hard as our household with colds this last season? I don't know if it's because so many of us haven't, you know, we've been isolated from one another and quarantined from one another, or because I have a new baby and it's their new immune system. I have no idea, but it was the roughest cold season of our lives in the sense that there would not be a time that one of us in the house would catch a cold and then it would knock everybody else out like dominoes and all the way down to our co-care person who I think was sick once a month for five months straight. And when you have a business and a baby, it means everything just stops. And it was totally insane. And the only things that helped us recover quickly or helped preventative on the two times I personally didn't get sick when Teddy or somebody else in the house did was this regime. I'm going to tell it to you. So a tea that we would make every single time in our household is a huge steeping pot decoction of ginger. And once that's made, we would then put it in a jar and we would put a spoonful of the bee-powered superfood honey in it, which again is so powerful because it has the propolis, the royal jelly, and the bee pollen. So it's just literally a medical-grade immune-supporting super honey, is what we'll call it, with antioxidants and so many minerals, along with some lemon. And once things would turn into a cough, if they did, again, if I wasn't sleeping, it would obviously continue. I would do the Be Better cough syrup, especially the nighttime support was huge because that's when it would come up. You know, it's sort of their take on the more allopathic night cold stuff a lot of us probably took growing up because it has that melatonin support and for restful, deep sleep. That's the only way we can all really recover, right? Is that deep, deep rest, plus the propolis, plus the elderberry. It was so soothing. For daytime support, they have the Be Better cough syrup, which is with chaga. So that's an immune booster on top of the propolis and elderberry. That was our medicine cabinet through this last season. Beyond that, what I do every single day is I take a spoonful of their bee-fueled bee pollen and I put it on top of whatever snack I'm having. May it be coconut yogurt or a piece of toast. I'll put my favorite type of raw almond butter on along with a tablespoon of the bee-fueled bee pollen. What I love about their bee pollen, I've talked about it so much, I use it daily, and that's why I can't stop talking about it, is that it's a raw source. So it means that it still has all of the vitamins and minerals totally intact in it. It's super fresh. 
And for me, I don't take a multivitamin. That is my multivitamin every day is a teaspoon of that. So I swear by it. I did it all through pregnancy and I'm starting to prepare for the next baby. So it's something I do every single day. So today, Beekeepers Naturals is offering you an exclusive offer. You can either go to beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash TBM or enter the code all caps TBM to get 25% off your first order. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com forward slash TBM or enter the code TBM. Onto the episode. So we had our how-to test episode last month, and it was one of our highest streaming episodes this year. You guys absolutely loved it. People have re-listened tons of time. Every time a test comes up, <laughs> my friends are like, I have to listen back again and get all the tips of how to navigate. So we're going to continue this theme of how-to. And one thing that really channeled through Lacey is really covering this idea of when our inner child is running the show. So how to spot when our inner child is running the show show and how your inner child might be the piece that is blocking your manifestation. So we have the Unblock Inner Child Workshop and we have a couple of episodes we talked about it, but we wanted to go in depth a bit more with this episode. Welcome, Lacey. Thank you so much. And such a great overview, Jessica. Thank you. You're always so good at deducing everything. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, you know, like I was saying to Jessica before this, I was like, we do have other episodes or you hear us saying all the time, doing inner child work. You need to do inner child before you move on to love, etc." And I thought that this would be really powerful to understand energetically why. I think a lot of people don't realize how often their inner child is running the show. I mean, it's as simple as having a trauma response to something, having an emotional reaction to something. And the really important thing that you you know if you do this work is that we also say it's so imperative to do shadow work, right? And I'll say this in the context of manifestation as we don't have one of our experts on with us, but in the context of manifestation energetics, The difference between inner child and shadow, though they are extremely connected because I think one leads to the other, with shadow, it's usually shame that is unintegrated because you've disassociated from yourself and you've blocked that part of yourself out. It lives in your shadow where you usually can't see it. You're just triggered by things and then you feel a little bit of it. Inner child is all of the stuff that we perceive and imprint that can definitely lead to shadow, but it can also lead to other things in our life. And this is something we're really going to try to dig into is looking through the lens of your inner child when reparenting yourself through this work. So I want to just talk about that really quickly. The lens piece is so important. And I actually have been coming up against this quite a few times recently, talking to friends, old clients, a colleague, where when we're doing the inner child work, or we're revisiting our inner child and reparenting it, often we just feel into the experience or feel into those different segments of years. But it's really important when we are manifesting something, and we're seeing multiple tests pop up, 
or multiple patterns pop up or a manifestation that just isn't coming through, the thing we have to ask ourselves is in ratio to that thing we're calling in, may it be relationship, career, home, if there's a block there, we need to ask ourselves, what did our inner child perceive through the lens of the ages of zero to seven, what was the perception that our inner child had in regards to those different subjects? So we'll get into deeper examples of that later in this episode, but just think about that. I'll take myself, for instance, when I'm calling in this farmhouse property, I grew up on a ranch. I'm familiar with that. It hasn't come through. I think there's variables connected with that. But I have to revisit when I'm doing inner child, how did my inner child perceive my relationship with that ranch growing up? You know, my grandparents lived on it. My dad lived on it with multiple girlfriends that I didn't love. Like there's a lot to unpack there. And so looking through the lens, and I've talked about this before, when you're in relationship or finding a relationship or not experiencing a relationship coming through, you have to ask yourself, okay, how did my inner child perceive my parents' relationships or their my caretakers' relationships? Did it feel imprisoning? Did it feel happy? Did it feel expansive? So we're going to really uncover that a little bit today and really talk about when is our inner child running the show? When are we having a trauma response? When is a trigger actually just our inner child throwing a fit or unresolved, unhealed issues? That's so interesting because in real time, I'm having like a revelation of thinking about one, you know, something that's on my list for sort of when time aligns and in the future, this idea of a dream home. And it's always been really important to me because I wanted a safe space and something that I could create for myself, which is a little bit based off of not feeling like I had that as much growing up. But if I look at what a house meant through the lens of my inner child, it was there was always something breaking. You had to remodel, you had to update. It was tons and tons and tons of work. And so whenever I'm doubling down and calling that house in, that's a huge piece I'm gonna have to look at because that's what my inner child sees as quote unquote owning a home. Well, this is such a beautiful example. Thank you for sharing that, Jessica, because when you look at the energetics of it, it really has nothing to do with the maintenance aspect. It has everything to do with the fear that was imprinted or the uncomfortability or the scarcity that was imprinted, or it could have even been the hassle that was imprinted during your childhood. So when you look through the lens of seeing my dad or my mom always having to fix this, maybe it was they didn't have enough money, so that was scary. Or maybe it was they didn't have enough time or the coping skills. So that's where these how-to episodes are going to get really important for everybody to learn, oh, okay, so when I'm just looking at that, I'm not just looking at that a lot came up in terms of repairs. It's actually the root underneath it, the energetic root that I'm finding my inner child still perceives through my seven-year-old lens that, oh, that's scary, or that's bad, or that's imprisoning, or maybe that ruined my parents' relationship there's a deeper root. And so I love that we're going to unpack that today. Yeah. So like in that scenario, the uh, surface is, oh, there were so many things to repair. It was, it was a hassle. It was a lot of work to take care of. But I guess the root emotion of why I might push it away subconsciously is this will cause immense stress and an unhappy living situation. Yes. 
and that's scary and don't want that. So I project out, "Mm, let's keep renting because owning just that doesn't feel good. Or even beyond that, maybe your conscious mind now is like, oh, renting's not for me. I'm ready to buy a house. Okay, I'm going to start calling it in, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not coming through. Just tests are coming through. Some expanders, et cetera. It's because you haven't dealt with that. It's like a wound when we don't actually clean it out and heal it and bandage it properly. We just throw something over it. It's still pus underneath. It's still infected. So it's like really, really getting down there. And that's why I think this episode's really important is because in the inner child workshop itself, we just go through the stages of childhood. However, when you start to look at, I'm manifesting this thing, it hasn't happened, it's not happening, it's never happened for me, I don't have an expander for it. Because again, sometimes we have to actually expand into an expander, right? We have to get the manifestation in motion. So we have to start the act of calling in, we have to start the act of passing tests, starting to do the unblocking before sometimes even expanders will show up because we're so unexpanded in it. So like, let's just say you're in that process, I'm going to start manifesting, I'm going to start working on this. And all that keeps coming up are different rental situations that look so much like your list, but they're not actually the buying of the property. Or maybe it's not like the right loan officers and coming through or the financing for it from your portal of income. So that's why this is so important. And I would say that collectively, because a lot of us did the magnetism challenge together, and then we really looked at tests and the tests coming up. Now our next step is kind of revisiting, reparenting together through inner child work. And so that's where today will be really, really exciting. So let's just say even if to you, your macro call in right now is a house and you're starting to go through inner child, all of the stages, looking through the lens of, let's say you pinpoint the age that it affected you most, that you were sensitive the most to your parents' relationship with having to deal with maintenance. I mean, it's going to super speed the process of finding the right expanders for the house, opening up the portal incomes, et cetera. Oh my gosh. I can just see like going through that and clearing that, how fast it would come through on the other side. So that's so crazy. So powerful. Okay. So when we talk about, you know, just a little bit of how we can define inner child work in relation to manifestation. And I know we talk about it in depth in the workshop, but how does our inner child impact our manifestation? We already kind of touched on a little bit, but I just want to make it really clear for everyone that when we have our inner child who witness something through a lens, that's different from what authentic desires is. Like seeing that the home was a lot of stress and unhappy lifestyle or whatever, but authentically, I truly, truly crave it. There's a disconnect there. And that's where the block in manifestation lies because our subconscious inner child is trying to get its needs met over our conscious, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's such a good question. The really basic energetic definition to inner child work is basically our subconscious is continuing to call in the experiences that we witnessed from zero to seven, 14, if I'm being generous, because obviously those develop you so much. But it's basically anything that we experience during that time is how our subconscious is still running, projecting out and receiving back based on how expanded we were, how much pain and shame and programming we experienced. And I know people in this community have experienced 
you know, really big traumas, but a lot of us are empaths that are so sensitive to our environments that experience what I call micro traumas, being so empathic and so sensitive to your parents, to your environment, to your caretakers, to your siblings, to your classroom, your teachers, your the media. All of that is what's running the show of how we're manifesting still. And to kind of get back into what you were just touching on in your question, it's so important and let this be something that sinks in with everybody. Your authentic self desires most often than not something different than what it experienced in childhood because we're all so unique and authentic. And what we're still continuing to manifest, to call in unknowingly sometimes, like career, love, et cetera, actually consciously calling in things because we aren't in touch with our authentic code or our authentic self still is the programming of our parents. Let this hit even harder. Getting back to your example, Jessica, your parents, both of them, were calling in those maintenance experiences. They were manifesting those experiences through their own inner child, unhealed trauma. Like the sink didn't need to break all the time. The, you know, whatever, the mortgage, the roof, the et cetera, they were actually manifesting those. So everybody listening, please hear this. Your authentic self is so different than your caretakers, media, parents, pupils, siblings, because you're authentic and unique. We all are. And when you start to decipher between their unhealed blocks that we're calling in and informing your experience in your subconscious, and you get in touch with your authentic self and clear all of that, looking through the lens, again, of your empathic zero to seven-year-old, what you were imprinting, and you dust it all off, and you change it after really understanding your authentic code, you heal it through the daily practice, that's when you're in the driver's seat. That's when you're actually manifesting for your authentic self unblocked. That also gives me a ton of empathy for both of my parents because I can even just see the through line of like, how they wanted to play certain roles within that maintenance happening. You know, like my dad was the fixer. He loved to fix stuff. That was sort of the role that he played. And so he was probably continuing on, oh, I need to show my worth by taking care of things around the home. So I could see that happening for him. And then for my mom, love you, mom. I know she's probably listening in. <laughs> wait, 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 but she has to realize too, because she's so beautiful that everything she was manifesting in that home was just her not unassociated yet with, you know, her own parents unhealed inner child, which is, so it's really not her thing. It's not her, you know what I mean? It's nobody's fault. Right. A hundred percent. And I think for her, it was getting taken care of. Mm -hmm. Like you said, needing her, wanting her parents to take care of her and thus in the home manifesting situations in which she would need to be taken care of because she wasn't going to fix the sink, you know? So then she has that patterning repeating. And it's so fascinating that like my needs or my sister's needs or whatever was so different from that. But then we took that story in and then we, you know, it's like this generational clearing of things when you're going through this work. Yeah, that's so huge. So, you know, if we all just pause and take a very quick moment to think about what we're manifesting, even the people that are like, I don't know what I want to manifest. If you just pause and you think of what is my perfect day, job aside, love aside, et cetera, like clear all of that. My authentic self, 
what's my perfect day? Where do I live? What do I do? What do I spend my time doing? That's your manifestation. That's what your authentic self desires. And if we all just pause for a minute and we just think, what am I calling in? Or knowing that my authentic self desires that. And we just take a minute to think, oh boy, the way my subconscious is looping right now and the conversation it's projecting out to the universe isn't even my authentic self. It isn't. Even if I've done inner child before, I may not have done it with the specificity of this exact manifestation. And there is some stuff down there where my inner child is actually calling in maybe something totally opposite to what I actually desire as an authentic being or pushing it away to protect itself. So that's where my inner child could be running the show. And have I ever taken the time to really put on the lens of my inner child? Like I want to call them inner child goggles, where I get to really sit for a minute and think, okay, in ratio to this thing that I'm calling in, what was I perceiving? What was I empathically feeling? And in that, the most important thing to really look at, what was I being expanded in? And what was I being shut down in? That this is scary, bad, hard, shameful, painful, lack, etc. All of the latter needs to be addressed if you're manifesting something. So what was I expanded in and what was I shut down to? Exactly. Like how was I being shut down? And if you think about all the ways the inner child then protects itself, it is through one of those two things. You're either expanded in something you don't want, or you're trying so hard to run away from it that you're doing the opposite. You're shut down to that idea, so you're doing the opposite. Exactly. So let's take love, for instance, the person who keeps calling in the version they were expanded in in childhood that was probably dysfunctional or not in alignment with their authentic self. So they keep having this different version of relationships of unavailability or et cetera, down to abuse, whatever. Or the person who's just not having a relationship come through because still the lens of what they perceived, even if it was a great relationship dynamic within their parents or caretakers or multiple caretakers relationships, it wasn't the authentic self's desire. Maybe, very rarely, most likely not. Therefore, it's literally blocking. It's literally pushing away relationship experiences saying, mm, that could be imprisoning or painful or abandoning or rejection, etc. Like fill in the blank. So I put together a little list of just some ways you can see initially that, you know, your inner child might show up. And then we can kind of go over to those questions of how to spot when your inner child's running the show. So ways that you can just off the bat see that it's operating besides all the things that we've talked about. If you're in extreme scarcity mindset, if you're looking for external validation, if you desire one thing, but your actions and what's coming up for you is moving in the opposite direction. When you're feeling emotionally flooded, if you're on the defensive trying to prove yourself, if you're unable to take the steps you need to move forward towards what you're desiring authentically, you keep coming up against resistance or procrastination. If you keep choosing people that are not aligned with your authentic desires, you keep choosing the wrong partner or the wrong friend group, you keep having maybe toxic people around even though you don't want that, being overly aggressive in conflict or shutting down in conflict. Those are just a few of some of the things where you're like, yep, do that, do that. It's likely that your inner child is needing some healing and support in that space. Absolutely. I think all of those are great. 
And then how to spot when your inner child is running the show. So this is kind of a checklist that you can look at when you can see if your inner child is running the show and potentially blocking your manifestation. So are the things that you're manifesting not showing up in your life the way that you want? Do you have reoccurring tests with a similar through line? Are you attracting the same dynamics that are not getting you closer to your manifestation? Or are you unconsciously repeating a pattern that you may have witnessed in childhood? And I would say that first and foremost, and this is applicable as well for shadow, are you defensive or triggered by certain subjects, manifestation? You know, a really good example of this, even though maybe this could be triggering is like social justice warrior energy that we've we've seen it evolve into in these last few years tends to be trauma responses unhealed inner child work or unhealed shadow work and the way you can see that is like activists that are integrated even if you look at activists like mother teresa or dalai lama that's you know working through peace and it doesn't mean that everybody has to be the exact same activist but when you find that cancel culture or pointing figures or berating people etc that's when you know that there's actually an inner child running the show a trauma response or shadow unhealed shadow work so that's just one example the same can be applicable in you know, relationship dynamics, when you are always blaming somebody else for what's happening, you know, say in a friendship dynamic, it's always the other person's fault. It's always my partner's fault. That's an inner child that's defensive and running the show. If someone's afraid that the rug's going to be pulled out from under them or everything they've gotten is going to be taken away, that's abandonment. There's security being taken out from them. So I would say a really good starting point with whatever you're calling in do you find yourself often having a trauma response? Are you triggered or reactive or lashing out? There's some unhealed <laughs> inner child work mm-hmm. that needs to be done. And then I, I love everything else you put, I think are really good clues too. I think too, the thing to remember, a lot of times when the inner child comes up and is defensive or angry or whatever, there's a feeling of, well, this was a bad situation. Of course I deserve to be defensive and angry. And it's not that your emotions aren't valid. It's that your inner child likely didn't get their needs met multiple times in this theme that you're getting defensive on. And that inner child needs to be heard and validated and soothed. So that inner child needs that protection before it can show up to this new experience that might be causing them to feel defensive or triggered. And if you, you know, follow all the manifestation work, that situation might not even show up if that inner child is truly healed in all of those ways, because that situation perhaps is showing up to help them be alert that their inner child is wounded and that they need some support and help there. Yeah. And that's just a part of getting us back into our authentic, you know, whole worthy selves. That's why we are mirrored. And I like to always say it's the way to regain actual healing and actually empower yourself is through integration and healing, because that's when you actually have empowerment over the situation. It doesn't run you anymore. You run it. 
And then one just quick disclaimer about abusive situations. We're not at all saying anyone is attracting an abusive situation in by any means. Sometimes those horrible things happen, unfortunately. But the beautiful thing is, is that you can go in and give that inner child the support and reparenting that it deserved and needed and wanted in that situation to try to help it as well. Agreed, agreed. It's so interesting because when I was even thinking about this dynamic and thinking of like childhood wounding and what people look at and whether they were expanded or sort of pushed away from something, it's all those emotional trauma responses like the fight, flight, or freeze. You either run away or you shrink from something, you know, which is like the flight. You either battle with others and scream to like prove your worth or you're not taking action, numbing, procrastinating, avoiding and freeze. Great. All right, let's get into some examples. So this one example, this person is manifesting a relationship and actually even with talking with them, they were almost hesitant to say that they were manifesting in a relationship because of how this block shows up. But their inner child is saying to keep commitment away. So they're calling in a partner. Tests are presenting as people who are emotionally unavailable. A lot of shiny carrots in terms of, you know, they have these amazing, fun things to do. They check off super successful in career and has their own life and feels vivacious and very lively. But then they don't support this person back in the same way, whether that's emotionally, they don't show up for them, respect, maybe they overtake their boundaries, they emotionally dump on them. And so they're having tons and tons and tons of dating tests. And they're, you know, they're passing their tests, they're noticing, okay, this person's a test, no, and then moving on to the next. But they were coming up against a block of why do I keep attracting these people in this way? And when they deduced it down, what they found, and Lisa, you know this example well, so maybe you could speak to this too, but that one parent in the dynamic was very capable, vivacious, had their own life, but the other partner was very emotionally shut down. And so they saw commitment as this feeling of being stuck, having to almost dim your light in a lot of ways. Yeah, so I'm really familiar with the situation as well. And the person that we're talking about is extremely dynamic, charismatic, funny, beautiful, has no problem attracting in, literally will go to dinner and meet three people to have dates with. Like it's <laughs> constant, very, very magnetic human. But the relationship dynamic between the parents, you know, like you just expressed, mom was extremely dynamic, can handle everything on her own, run circles around everybody can show up and hold all of the space. Some would maybe even say the energy's too much. Like that's what this person probably could have received throughout life if not parented correctly because of how, you know, dynamic and amazing that she is. And dad felt extremely shut down by it, overpowered, emotionally unavailable, etc. So this is a really clear dynamic that I actually have seen a lot in manifestation. And I've seen this so much with successful dynamic women, especially. We could say the same for men, but men are programmed a little bit differently in society. But I've seen this so much with successful dynamic women 
when they aren't attracting in their equal in partnership. So the particular person we're talking about either will attract in someone who's not as dynamic, motivated, ambitious as them. So they lose interest very quickly and leave the relationship or they attract in people like you were saying, emotionally dump on them, aren't available, aren't seeing them for who they are and recognizing them for who they are. Those two things are who this person oscillates between. And both of those are unavailable situations. So when you see that pattern coming up and up and up, and also the hesitancy to say, I don't even really want a relationship. I'm not even sure if I want, you know, I know then that that person felt trapped when they were little, when they would witness their caretaker's experience through the lens of their inner child. So even though this dynamic of, you know, this person's caretakers is a little more obvious. It's not the type of dynamic that this person would say, oh, my parents had a great relationship, which I actually see a lot with people who are manifesting in this lane. But when we just look at her exact example, exactly the pattern of tests that are coming through or the relationship she's continuing to be in, we know that her subconscious is saying, I don't actually want the real deal. I don't want that because it's still looping on and operating from her three-year-old, five-year-old, seven-year-old, 10-year-old self that witnessed in her home, oh my God, if I'm in a committed relationship, I'm totally imprisoned. I'm imprisoned by an emotionally unavailable partner and I have to show up and do all of the things for whatever. It's confinement, it's imprisonment. To her, especially knowing her chart and her human design and all of the things. So in order for her to really, really attract in her equal and really be with somebody who's as supportive, dynamic, ambitious, all of the things that she is, she's going to have to go back whether it's you know through this work or other modalities, and she's going to have to reckon with putting on the lens of her three-year-old, five-year-old, seven, ten-year-old self and really look at her parents' dynamic versus her authentic self, her authentic code. And she's going to have to go, wow, A, I'm going to reparent any way that this emotionally affected me that I'm repressing and not totally dealt with. B, I need to bring in every expander I can think of relationally that my authentic self desires. So those relationships, and I need to show through the lens of my inner child, this expansion. And then beyond that, I need to really get clear about what I actually want. Because the person who's running away from commitment due to these inner child loops that are happening, they're usually the type of person that won't totally nail down exactly what they want. Or they'll say, you know, like, I don't even know if I really want the whole thing. I just want to have fun for now, etc. They need to get very clear. Once they've addressed those three things, now they're in the game of manifesting their equal. So that should show a couple of things. Really what it looks like to put on the lens of your inner child, be how your inner child's still running the show entirely <laughs> with what you're calling in in relationship and see how to take aligned action. So the aligned action here for starters is, wow, I have to actually take a minute and get very clear about what I want. If I do that, holy shit, that means 
that I could actually manifest this and be confined in it. So you know what I mean? Like that's the aligned action piece, the expansion piece, subconscious expansion piece, and the unblocking to put the three trifectas in to manifesting that person. So I'm quickly interrupting this episode to invite you if you're ready to start your manifestation journey, or if anything you've heard in our manifestation episodes has piqued your interest to begin. We have a la carte workshops in everything from the basics bundle, which is what we recommend to everyone who starts. It's the formula that actually teaches you how to manifest, unblocked inner child, and unblocked shadow. We also have a la carte workshops on love and money. But the real gem is the Pathway membership because it encompasses every single workshop we have. It's a year-long membership with full access to the few a la carte offerings we have and exclusive workshops not available anywhere else, such as the daily practice, which is what everybody in the Pathway uses, hopefully at least three times a week to daily in order to truly create the new neural pathways that one needs in order to manifest and houses the library of our deep imaginings, which is our unique hypnosis process that allows you to get into your subconscious and overwrite those old neural pathways, creating the new ones. You can use our special code EXPANDED, all caps, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D, to receive $20 off your first a la carte workshop purchase or $20 off your first month of the pathway. Again, that's all caps, EXPANDED, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D. Okay, now back to the episode. Just for anyone out there who's like, oh, you know, I I feel like I've heard so many friends say this. I'm just having fun. I don't, that feels authentic to me right now. How can someone determine whether they authentically do want to be in a single phase of their life or whether they're avoiding the commitment? Would it be because the volume of tests that they're presenting in dating situations? Like how do they, how do they know they're? It's actually a piece that exhausts me when I hear, I just want to have fun. Most often than not, because it's from people who their self-worth feels too low. And this is even usually subconsciously, they're not even consciously aware of it, too low to actually say, oh, fuck, I really want this thing and it matters and I can have it. There's that. So I would see that with clients a lot or divorcees a lot, et cetera. And I am the first to say this in two parts. Especially, you know, when we talk about manifesting in our partners, um, you know, when you're doing the love workshop, you know, we talk about waiting six weeks or whatever, and you'll get the people who are like, well, I'm really sexually empowered. I'm like, are you though? (laughs) I've only met a couple of women who truly are integrated and they're not the ones running around saying I'm sexually empowered. And so it kind of goes the same way with, well, I just want to have fun. There are people who are in phases that are empowered enough where they're like, hey, I'm blocking out this space of time because I haven't really ever done this. Maybe I've always been in monogamous relationships and I just need to experience aloneness or having interactions or intimacy with people without any strings attached to know that I don't need that to fill my void. So it's really interesting. I think people have to get very clear with their intentions and then they need to look at the root of why they have that intention. And if there's low self-worth or lack, 
attached to it, it's not truth. It's just not truth. And most often than not, that's the case. I'll take another example. Recently with another person that I know, that she is out of a long-term relationship and she's met this person and it's not a healthy situation in the sense that he's not at all available, even though she's in the state of, you know, I just want to get back into the saddle. I just want to, I want to have fun. What's the first thing that happened as soon as she was in the saddle and having fun? She started to develop feelings. So it's like, you have to be intentional. That is what energetics are in a nutshell, here's the surface thing happening. What's the root energetic thing beneath it? And is that totally in alignment with what you're acting out or what you're saying or what you're doing? And then looking at, cool, I've witnessed that it's consciously in alignment. Now, subconsciously, what's looping, is that true to what I'm consciously saying is in alignment? That might feel a little lofty, but Think of how many times this is the type of person that says, oh, I don't want to tell you what I'm manifesting because I don't want to jinx it. At the end of the day, it's really getting clear with what's my intention. Okay, beneath that, do I have anything under there that I'm acting this intention out through low self-worth, lack, fear, et cetera? It almost seems like the exercise you said in the beginning of really looking at your dream day without stifling what you think is possible. Like if this person, you know, the first example we gave of the person manifesting the relationship, I bet if she was had to write out her list of manifesting, it's almost like she doesn't even see that it's possible to continue to have her fun, vivacious life within a relationship. So the relationship doesn't feel like something attainable or something she wants. But if she really said, okay, there's no limits, I can have whatever I want, it's a world where anything is possible, would I want to have this fun, vivacious life and a partner? And I bet you the answer would be yes, if she could do both. And so it's kind of looking at like, what is your dream day? What is your dream scenario? We have the highest self DI, which is in the boundaries workshop. We'll link it in the show notes. That's a great one for this. The authentic self DI is great for this. Even the free clarity DI is great for this. And just start thinking, what are all the things that your heart truly desires with no limits around it? And then once that's clear, like you were saying, Lacey, look at all the places that that's not happening and how you might be blocking it. And I just want to be really open with what society says is how things are supposed to look for you. We're not at here preaching. We're not saying that that's the case. So it doesn't mean a monogamous relationship, everybody has to be in one, et cetera, whatsoever. Your authentic self desires something very unique. What we're saying here is don't desire that and then do and act and say in a different way. Because whatever you are desiring, your true, true authentic self, that's exactly what you will manifest when you're unblocked, expanded, and you're taking true aligned action. I don't care how that looks. It can look completely different for everybody in career, relationship, being a parent, not being a parent. Like There's so many ways that anything can look for one person. So it's not like we're sitting here saying, you know, don't just have fun, et cetera. It's often that people use the guise of those experiences because they're having low self-worth or lack. They're too afraid 
to or imprisoned or here's the best way to put it because their inner child's running the show done that's why yes absolutely okay so another example and this is one that we get so so much is people that are manifesting a successful career, the next step in their career, but they're getting blocked. So one person had written and talked about that they're finding bridge jobs, but they're not close to the financial amount that they're desiring. They feel like they're constantly trekking uphill. They're struck by outside circumstances. It's just like really hard to get this next career phase through. And when they look back at what they witnessed in childhood, they saw that money was a source of extreme stress in the home. The parents had enough money to provide for their needs, but it was still surrounded by stress and worry and pain. Oh, and especially around bill paying and not being able to afford the nicer things in life and then showing envy to those who had the nicer things in life, almost like scoffing at people who had nice things. So this one's a pretty clear one, but you can see with that witnessing through that inner child's lens, they're witnessing a couple things. A, if I have money, this is stressful. If I have this career that I want, it's stressful. Bills and all these things will be stressful. Maybe even playing out the same stress around their finances that they saw growing up. But then B, they also saw people who had nice things be shamed. So there's an element of, well, I'll be rejected and I'll be one of those people they shamed if I have that money. I'm going to actually take a moment here to really help everybody because this is actually such a good example of how someone may be doing inner child work and missing the mark. So you're saying that this person's wanting to manifest a very specific career and they've gotten the little bridge things and the little expanders, et cetera, but that next big step into that career is just not happening. So this is where I'm going to help everybody because a lot of people would look at like, you know, this was the relationship with finances through my caretakers. In fact, (laughs) so this is how it's so important to put the lens on of your inner child that I would argue this really plainly because this is what they've listed, you know, what the household was like. They fail to mention in any of these examples what the messaging of career and that specific career that they desire would be. Why these how-to episodes are actually going to be so important for people to how to read your own energetics, essentially, is yes, a little bit of the finance stuff is going to affect why they may not be manifesting in the, the next big step in this career. But in fact, the really big block is when they get down and put on the lens of their inner child, and it may not even be the caretakers themselves. It could have been what media said about this career. It could have been what one teacher said once about this career, etc. They need to put the lens on and go, when I was little, what did it mean to be in this type of career? What did it mean to be the gender in this type of career. How would this have been acceptable? Would my parents have really, really cheered me on in this career, in this specific thing? So that's where this is so important, even though they're looking at, oh man, it was so toxic. Money, relationship with money was so toxic growing up. The real mark here is career. If this is a female especially, 
or somebody who identifies as a woman, what was my mom's career? What was her relationship with careers? What was her messaging around careers? Same with my grandmother, especially did my father judge her career or my, did I, you know, et cetera. That's where the real digging is. And then having to, you know, put on that lens deeper and go, was I expanded in any capacity in this career? That's where the gold mine is. And that's where people could start to look at inner child work in ratio to exactly what they're manifesting and go, okay, I need to look at through the lens of my inner child through these ages, what was the messaging about this exact thing? So if this person who's manifesting this career jump is looking at it from a financial standpoint, that's why they've been missing the mark of unblocking it. You look at that when it's about making money in general or holding on to money or not having debt, et cetera. And even though the career will be a portal for money, the real block here is the career or careers itself. So how would this person, I think, A, I love this example because I think people get really tripped up in this yeah. between career and financial and they they equate them as the same thing and not unblocking them as separate pieces. How would this person know how much of it is financial and how much is it career? Or they would just fully unblock in both pieces? Well, I think one leads to the next in this. So here's a great example on energetics with career versus money is when I got into like this specific field and career, I never, ever, ever got into it for money ever. And Anybody I know who has gotten into it for money or who does something for money, not that you shouldn't desire money, we'll get into that, it never works for them, right? Because it's not their true authentic flow. They're doing something that they think they could enjoy and that they could make money off of. So that's just pure and simple energetics of manifestation. Listening to your authentic channeling of what your thing is that you're supposed to be doing, that's your guide point that's saying, like for me, it was like, you have a very specific way with manifestation. You need to put that into the world. It's going to resonate and help so many people. And I was like, oh, fuck no, that's so scary. Oh my God, this is so shadowy. I can't do this. It never was do this and you'll make money. So it's like, this is your next step. So that's one part with career, like just really getting clear with this. This is why your authentic code and your authentic self dictates everything for you, everything. You know, what is your authentic self? Then when you know what your authentic self is, you know what to start calling in. And then you know, okay, this is what I'm calling in. Now I need to look at the things that could be blocking this. And specific to this person, I know that it's it's a career messaging because they're not saying every time I try to make X amount of money or this amount of money, it just never happens. This person's like, anytime I try to get further in my career or this type of career, it's not happening. So the money piece for them is going to be big as well. That's a no brainer. Definitely something they're going to have to work through. I would challenge that this person, is it truly your authentic career you're supposed to be in, the one that flows through you, that you came onto this planet for, that's your purpose. And then let's talk about the money piece and manifestation because there's certainly going to be work to do there as well. 
So I saw this come up a lot in the community group. What would you tell the person who there was a few people that are manifesting their next career, aligned career, but they're at the end of their FU fund and they're running out of money? Should their focus be to secure financial stability for, you know, since they're running out of money or should their focus be career or should they be doing both unblocking financial and career in tandem? It really depends on, I think, everybody's specific, you know, situation, because again, it all comes down to the trifecta, how unblocked, how expanded, and how much in your aligned action are you? I would argue if someone isn't in a magic dark, which we have a whole episode on that, that we can link below. If someone isn't in that and they're at the end of their fuck you fund, definitely there's a bridge situation that's going to need to happen because they're not either fully unblocked or expanded in what they're trying to pursue. So to me, that kind of answers both questions, right? Oh, I'm going to need a little bit more expansion and bridging as I'm working through unblocking and expanding the situation. And it really, really just depends, you know, where a person's focal point is. Back to the relationship example that we were going through earlier, she says, I don't even know if I want like the real serious thing yet, but the thing that excites her the most outside of business is dating. (laughs) So it's like (laughs) your soul, your authentic self wants a connection. It wants its own version of a connection. At this moment, her connection doesn't mean like a marriage, a house and kids. It's very different. She's wanting somebody to meet her at her dynamic level and see where that goes. Not it doesn't, I don't even mean like the traditional you know, societal messaging around where that could go. That for them could be travel and I don't know, starting 10 companies to get, you know, like whatever, it doesn't mean the thing. So the interesting thing for her is she, and this this can kind of maybe help answer that other question. She needs to look at what did my inner child experience and see relationships to be? Because that's the thing I'm talking about here. Whereas the second example is, They're talking about career. That's the thing that they're focused on. They need to look at what the messaging and the integration would be for their inner child surrounding career. Money, that's a whole different thing. That's just dealing with lack. Again, that's, that doesn't sound like exactly what that person's manifesting right now. They're manifesting career. Money will come with that, obviously, because it's a portal that's being opened. But until they address the block in career, they can't start to unblock the money piece. One comes before the other, the horse before the cart. Yeah. Especially with that, that was the lead of what they're manifesting was the career piece and getting stuck in those jobs. Yeah. And you know, even this person, like when they're looking, I just want to give more and more examples of how to put on the lens of your inner child could look, what was the messaging? If they were successful in career, they would be loved. That's something to look at. Maybe it is actual money they have to get clear with. The career piece doesn't matter to me as much as the money piece matters. Like that's what I'm manifesting. Like er, that's where we need to switch to purely looking at finances, money, messaging. But to me, it just based off of what we're talking about, it sounds like career is the piece for this person. So one other piece I just want to touch on too is for the reprogramming piece within inner child, because I think people get tripped up on this a lot, which is like, okay, like I have memories of my parents doing these actual things. Like, how do I reprogram it? 
it's as simple as taking your magnetic parents and having them do the thing that you're desiring, having them have the career you're desiring or encourage you to have the career you're desiring or lead by example of the type of relationship you want. Like for our relationship example, that person might envision magnetic parents that have the dream relationship that they're desiring and they just get to sit and witness and watch all of that unfold in front of them. Well, this is really exciting. (laughs) And this is where we get even more nuanced. And again, why I love these episodes, the how-to. That's how you expand your inner child. How you unblock your inner child is you need to see at the root what's coming up for you. What was the imprintation of not good enough, low self-worth, unlovable? Reckon with that and heal the emotion around it. So an example of this could be maybe the example we gave earlier of the person with the parents. I'll have to like get into her shoes for one moment, but let's say when it comes to a marriage, let's just take marriage because she definitely like, that's not even on her radar whatsoever, but let's just take that for her. Like say she desires that one day, bring it down to inner child. Cause I know actually very specific messaging around her parents' marriage when they first even got married that she heard my mom settled and she knew better And my dad actually was in love with somebody else. And to her, like, let's deduce that as a child of these two people, even though she's so sparkly and bright and big and would never even probably think about this because maybe this isn't how it resonated with her authentic soul. Remember, every authentic soul is going to imprint and be affected differently. I'm highly empathic. So I would interpret that different than she would. And so let's just take a moment and I'll put myself in that dynamic. Those were my parents. That's the messaging. That was the total messaging of their beginnings of their marriage. And it's me and how I would be affected. Because my wound that will come up is I'm a burden. My parents were both not wanting a child. They were young. Everybody around them said, abort this baby. It's ruining your life. Everyone had to take care of me. My aunt, my grandparents, I was just a burden. So if I look at that burden block and the emotion surrounding it, it means I don't want to take up space. I have to tiptoe. I have to be codependent and disassociate from myself to be lovable in every situation. So this is that that survival mode never be myself, change at every single house to fit their dynamic, do what my cousins want to do for fun because I don't have a place to stand. So basically what my thing comes down to is my needs don't matter. That's what's at the bottom of burden. And with my needs don't matter, how is that going to translate into manifesting relationship dynamics with friendships, with money, etc. So unblocking means to get down to that place under burden. Burden is the shadow. Under burden is my needs don't matter. My needs don't matter. The energetic of that is not high (laughs) self-worth. It's not that deserving energy. It's not I can take up space, etc. To unblock means to heal the energy around my needs don't matter until I get to the place where 
my needs matter first. And something that will come up with me in therapy is like, oh my God, could I ever become narcissistic? And it's like, when you come from a situation where your needs don't matter, you never have to worry about becoming (laughs) narcissistic. You know, it's where you ego dance at every situation in public, et cetera. So I just want to make that really clear. When we talked about the situation, the relationship, one, we said for her, she will unblock She will then show expansive relationships to her inner child that actually meet the needs of her authentic self, and then she'll take aligned action. That's what somebody would be doing when working with their inner child in relationship to the exact thing they're manifesting. How do I first go in there and unblock? Secondly, how do I show my inner child the expanded version of what? So let's take the second example. What's the expanded career? for this person, you know, career experiences, the messaging. First, that person needs to figure out what the messaging, the shadow was, and beneath that, the energetic of the wound is. Unblock those, show the expansion, and what's my aligned action. So if people are going through inner child and they do find that shadow word that's underneath it, maybe just list it to the side. I wouldn't recommend because I can see everyone being like, okay, cool. Then I go to shadow and then mm-hmm. I do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would focus on the inner child piece first. And sometimes it's coming back to that block, that dynamic through every single day of inner child, every phase going through that theme, unblocking by nurturing your inner child, validating your inner child, giving its needs. What did it need in that situation? Sometimes when I'm like doing the reprogramming part, I'll let the inner child speak and like just state all the things it's feeling and whatever it needs to say to give it the floor, to listen to it, to say, okay, what did you need from the situation? How do you feel, et cetera? And then bring in those magnetic parents to show you how to see things in a new light but a lot of nurturing for that inner child piece because it probably didn't get it in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's part of healing your inner child. Sometimes it's just holding your inner child. There's so many ways, but you can't gloss over the unblocking. And that might take time, a little bit of time. Sometimes it's I'll just have her sit on my lap and hug her because a lot of me wasn't, you know, it was like my physical needs were met, but my emotional needs weren't. So meeting my emotional needs in those situations, some that have come up for me for the my needs don't matter when I'm doing DI work is setting boundaries. No, I'm not going to put your needs first and do all the things you need to do and want to do or support you and take care of you. Wait a second here. Like my seven-year-old, in this dynamic that we continue to play out, her needs matter first. What does that look like? Sometimes that means really holding her and taking care of her emotional needs and then moving into setting boundaries for her. And like, "Mm, no, it's going to be on my time and my way for a little while. I think just giving yourself so much grace and ease going into this work, because I (laughs) saw in the Mighty Networks group, you know, I'm so scared to go in inner child. I'm so resistant. Like, it's going to be so heavy. It's going to be so hard. Go bit by bit. Give yourself so much self-care during this time. Support if you need. Yeah. and, And honestly, one thing that could be helpful Make a list of things that bring you joy and revert back to that list whenever you're feeling sort of burnt out or overwhelmed emotionally from this work and be like, you know what? I'm going to pick something that brings me super joy and go do that. Yeah, I agree. 
Awesome. So I'm just going to re-summarize our how to spot when our inner child is running the show and then give you guys a little bit of homework if you're up for it over the next week. So how to spot that your inner child is running the show and your authenticity is not. Are the things that you're manifesting not showing up in your life the way that you want them? Do you have reoccurring tests or triggers with a similar through line? Are you attracting the same dynamics that aren't getting you closer to your manifestation? Are you unconsciously repeating a pattern you witnessed in childhood? That one might take a little bit of journaling work to deduce down to. Are you defensive or triggered? Are you feeling constantly in conflict or are you avoiding conflict? Are you numbing, procrastinating, or unable to take action? Perfect. And once you see that it is running the show, then start looking back at your manifestations, what you are calling in right now, what did your inner child lens see in all of these situations around the theme that you're calling in, and then go through the Unblocked Inner Child Workshop, go through every single phase of that with this piece in mind and see where they don't align and how you can reprogram, expand out, and then take action and pass tests. Wonderful. Amazing. Thank you guys so much. And we will see you again next week. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, we did. And in case you're not totally ready to join the pathway yet, I wanted to share a few of our free offerings that I'll often suggest to people as a little bit of a blueprint to get them started on their manifestation journey. The first place I like to direct people completely for free is the motivation. You can see it linked below or on our homepage as our testimony library. And it's categorized by different subjects, whether you're calling in career, money, love, wellness, and much more. When you're reading about a member's experience of what they manifested, you're actually seeing to believe and showing your subconscious that that very thing is possible for you. The second place I like to direct people is to the free clarity exercise, which is also linked below. In it, you get to try our own unique hypnosis process, learn about the science and some journaling prompts. And the best part about this, you'll get a tiny taste of what it's like to go into your hypnotic state, bring your subconscious forward and create new neural pathways while receiving clarity. And the third thing, if you haven't listened to it on this podcast yet, please go back to the episode titled Manifestation 101, where you'll learn the basics of neural manifestation to truly understand this process. So go ahead and check out those free resources, the motivation, the free clarity exercise, and the episode Manifestation 101, all linked below. And in an effort to make sure to have representation in this process series, go ahead and submit any process testimonials you have, especially to our LGBTQ plus community, our BIPOC, as well as the WISE, which is anyone in the community who is 45 and over. All right, we'll be back next week. <laughs>